Well, hello everybody. I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. We want to welcome you to another episode of Making Biblical Family Life Practical. You know, we've done a couple of episodes recently talking about some issues, some things and thoughts that you go through as you make that decision to begin homeschooling. And we got a response from our listeners on the listener response line, and that's 919-295-0321 if you would like to be on another program yourself. But one of our listeners by the name of Austin uh, had this question. He uh, in response to your homeschooling series that you've been going through on the podcast, um, what if you don't feel qualified to teach your children? I was raised through the, the public school system and even a couple years of private school, and my impression coming out of it was that we needed some high education to be a teacher. So, yeah, I'd like it if you guys could address that somehow and are trying to figure out what to do in the next couple of years. All right, thank you very much. Okay, thank you, Austin. I think that's a really good question. You know, people do ask that, why would we think that we are qualified? Why would I think that I am qualified to teach my children? You know, what would you say to somebody with that? Because that's not an unusual question. Well, but, you know, my response is, what makes you think you're not qualified? Uh-huh. You know, I think the very question makes is because we think that it takes a professional to teach a child. But what we teach our children in the first five years of their lives are really far harder to teach mm-hmm. the things you, than the things you teach in the next five years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I tell you what, potty training a child is not for the weak of heart. Yeah. You know, we have this... In our society, we have this this credentialism, you know, that says, oh, you've got to have some official stamp or you're not really able to do anything. And that's, I mean, let's be honest. There's an awful lot in our culture, an awful lot in our day-to-day lives. You don't need specialized training. You might need somebody to give you some hints, you know, to teach you, to teach you how to cook. You know, how many people are professional chefs and that yet they cook nourishing, delicious meals for their families every single day. What makes them think they're qualified to cook for their family? Well, you know? yeah, you know, and I guess it was driven home to me when, so over 30 years ago when we decided to homeschool. Right. Homeschooling was still illegal in some states. Yeah. Now, it's legal in every state now. Right, but there was but, some question there. There were a few states that were really difficult. And you were an Air Force officer. And that so meant we, we could have gone, we could have been sent anywhere. Right, we didn't literally. know where you were going to get stationed. Yeah. But even in those states, you could homeschool if you were a certified teacher. Mm-hmm. And so my degree is in biology, but I went back to school, went to graduate school in elementary education. I was shocked. What we learned had very, 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 very little to do with subject matter. In fact, almost nothing. You know, I remember reading a lot of your your classwork, a lot of your papers and things that you wrote. And it really struck me at the time that so much of what they were training young teachers to do involved managing a large room full of unrelated kids. There was an awful lot of it. So how do you take a whole, you know, 25 kids in one grade level, but all different abilities and interests and behaviors and all the rest of that, how do you manage this group? And, you know, that's not what you're facing, homeschooling your own kids in your family. Well, Hal, some of the things I remember, and I, this was one of the top graduate, the top education 
universities in the nation. Right. I remember sitting in a graduate level class on teaching science. And I thought, this is going to be great. I have a degree in biology. I'm going to love this. Mm-hmm. It was ridiculous. The whole thing was about deconstructivism in science and about how we can't really know anything, which doesn't help anybody teach science to their kids. I know. And at one point, the teacher said, for example, how can we know that this wall is gray? Mm-hmm. And I said, because we can measure the wavelength of light reflected from it, and we have decided to call that wav- wavelength gray. Mm. And she was like, cool, you can do that? And I thought, this person has nothing to teach me about teaching science. Yeah. So, you know, we're not talking about running a classroom institutional school model. You're talking about tutoring your own kids. And, and that's a very different thing. And the things that professional teachers are learning in, the, in their education colleges are uh-huh. not helpful even to them to teach, mm-hmm. much less teaching at home, is what I'm trying to say. It's the point yeah, I'm trying yeah, to make. Yeah, I get Because... Mm-hmm. You know, I remember another class where the professor was trying to lead us an out-of-body experience. Another class that was supposed to be focusing on children's literature. And, yeah. were, and the main focus of the class was how to keep the parents from knowing the disturbing books that you were, that you were reading to their children in your classroom. Well, you know, you're not going to get far with that as, as a homeschooler, are you? You know, how do, I, how do I keep myself from knowing what my children are being asked to read? And so you don't need yeah. to envy someone... Because they have an education degree. I know so many homeschoolers who are former teachers, and they feel like their education helped them not at all. Well, I mean, more than one we've had discussions with who found that that teaching their own children at home involved different skill sets altogether. And was a whole lot more fun. It was. Because when you teach in a classroom, you have to use the book that the committee in the state capitol could agree on. Right. You have to use those textbooks, whether they work for your kids or not. Mm-hmm. And you have to teach kids that you have very limited ability to discipline. Right. And that you can't control whether they're eating a good diet or getting enough sleep. Right. Versus in, in your own home, you can choose a curriculum that works for you and your children. And if it doesn't work, you can sell it and get something else. Yeah. And you can manage all those externalities. Yes. If your child won't obey, you can discipline them. If your and child needs more sleep, you can send them to bed earlier. Yeah, and, if and they're if they're eating too many sugary foods, you can cut that out of their diet. Right. It's just it's it's a lot more fun than teaching in the classroom because you have a lot more control, and so I just first wanted to to destroy this idea. Right. That an education degree prepares you to homeschool your kids because it really doesn't. Yeah, and that only it somebody even prepare you to teach in a classroom. Well, and that only someone with that with that. Um, academic certification would would be qualified to teach you know that that's it, it, two things come to my mind when I look at that question um, one of them you know so many of us have read Laura Ingle Wilder's books you know the the Little House series and in one of the later books um, in one of the later books Laura Ingalls is certified by the state to teach school and she is running she is running a one-room schoolhouse with multiple grade levels, and she is still in high school herself. You know, she's not, she hasn't been away to a teacher's college. She doesn't have a four-year degree, you know, but the state certified her to teach this little school out on the prairie. Because you know what? Here's a fundamental truth. 
you don't have to have a four-year college degree to teach a child to read. The only thing you really need is for you to be able to read and to have the patience to explain it to a child in a way the child can understand it. You know, that, I think, is an important thing to realize. Here's the second part, and this kind of relates to it. When I was in the Air Force, now, they didn't let me fly. My vision is not acute enough for that. They, they let me look at airplanes, and that was as close as I could get. But the pilots who were in the initial pilot training, the, the uh, IPT program, um, were often being trained by pilots who had just graduated a few months ahead of them. That they would take the top pilot candidates out of those initial training classes and offer them the opportunity to turn around and become instructor pilots themselves and to teach the next generation of beginning flyers. Because guess what? They had learned how to fly that aircraft. Now they were just being asked to turn around and to teach the next guy how to fly that aircraft. You know, that's an interesting concept. And yeah, there were instructor pilots who had thousands of hours and combat experience and all the rest, but there were a bunch of them who were fairly new and were not ages and ages ahead of their students except in the knowledge they had for that particular task. They could teach what they had learned. Exactly. Now, you mentioned something that I think is going to kind of freak people out. Yeah. That it's not that hard to teach reading. I've heard so many people say, you know, can I just send them to school for a couple of years until somebody else teaches them to read? Because it seems scary. It seems like, how in the world can I teach them to look at all these symbols and to know what they mean? And it seems like a big deal. But it's really not. Because uh -huh. God made our minds to read. He commands us to study, to show yourself approved unto God, a workman that needs not to be ashamed, uh -huh. rightly dividing the word of truth. Right. He made us to read his word. And reading is very natural. Now, are there better and worse ways to teach it? Absolutely. Yeah. But there are lots of great programs that will hold your hand and walk you through it. That is another good point because I know when we started homeschooling, um, there, were, there were programs available, there were books to advise, but that has just exploded in the 20 or 30 years since we began homeschooling to the point that there are so many different programs to help you walk through whatever it is you, that you particularly struggle with. If you are uncertain about your ability to teach reading, there are a world of reading programs available. And if you, if you say, oh, I don't know how I'm going to teach foreign languages, there are foreign language programs. They're available. There are so many things that will help you to teach or will lead the child and teach the child on your behalf that it, it's such a simple thing now when you're, just, when you're just asking that question, how in the world are we going to make this happen? Well, you know, I think the, the most important thing to realize is that God put this child in your home mm -hmm. and he intended for you to be their parent. And he will equip you to do what you need to do. Mm -hmm. And it's, it's not the big deal we make it out to be. You know, especially elementary school, these are things that you are know, that you've known a long time mm -hmm. and things you have done a long time and they're, they're really easy and you're not going to have to think, what do I need to teach my child? No, you're going to go buy a third grade math curriculum and it'll tell you what to teach your child. Uh -huh. It's not that hard and it, it's not that, it's not something impossible. I think we have this idea too that you have to be a saint 
that you have to be patient and kind and understanding and never lose your temper. And Well, I can tell you right now, I came through the school system and there were very few saints that taught me. <laughs> Not in the way that you're talking about. I mean, Well, and you know what? Nobody loves your children more than you do. Right. And you will find a way to give them what they need. Mm-hmm. So are you, and I, you know, in the next, in the next segment, I want uh-huh. to talk about, are you qualified to teach high school? Okay. But the question is, are you qualified to teach elementary school? Absolutely, honey. This is something that you can do. There's lots of great curricula. They'll tell you what to do, when to do it. Uh-huh. There's some real advantages to not starting early and not being too intense because the more your children love learning and the more field trips and fun hands-on things you do, the less work high school, middle school and high school is going to be. Yeah. So you don't need a teaching degree to teach kids. You don't uh-huh. need to be at the top of your class and a genius to teach kids. Mm-mm. And you don't need to plan eight hours a day with, with bells ringing to divide the subjects to teach your kids or to give them a comprehensive education. You know, I was, I was in band when I was in middle school and high school, and we had band class five days a week, 45 minutes to an hour, and one week I had been out sick. I forget what I had, but at any rate, I, was, I missed a week of school. So when I got back, the band director said, look, can you meet me during lunch you know, one day and let's go over what you missed last week. So I go in, and he spent about 20 minutes with me going over the lessons that I'd missed, and then he said, okay, I think you've got that. I said, that's it? He said, yeah, that's the material that we covered all week. But the point of that was that when you are teaching one-on-one, you are teaching one student to get a concept across to that one, you don't have to wait for everybody. You don't have to wait for everybody to catch up. You don't have to repeat it six different times if your student got it the second time you explained it. It's so so much more efficient. It's so much more efficient, and it's so much easier. Go back to that first thing I was saying. A lot of what we think about when we picture the school experience was actually the classroom experience, dealing with a whole bunch of kids and a whole bunch of personalities and a whole bunch of different abilities, and the teacher is doing an awful lot of crowd control that, you know what, mom, dad, you don't have that. You don't have to deal with that when you're teaching your one or your two or even your six or seven. And let's end on an encouraging note. Yep. Laura Ingalls Wilder began, mm-hmm. accepted her first teaching position Two months before her 16th birthday. So she was 15 years old. Yes. And they thought, the state thought, and the parents who hired her thought, this young woman is qualified to teach our kids to read and to cipher and to learn their to learn their constitution and all the rest of that. And so what? She was 15. She was 15 years old. And you can okay. read about that. Which book was that in? Oh. Well, the- Little Town on the Prairie? Long Winter, I think, maybe. I don't think it was The Long Winter. But anyway, one of the later books in this series. You ought to read them all anyway, okay? So. Okay, so let's end this part of the segment. Mm-hmm. And folks, you can find us, find mm-hmm. the archives at howmelanie.com slash radio. Right. Please leave us a review so other people can find us. Let's listen for a message for our sponsor, and then we'll be right back on the other side of that. And we appreciate them so much.
Have you tried CTC math yet with your child? Here's a testimonial from another happy homeschool mom. Amber said, I'm absolutely thrilled with CTC math. It's a rare find that I've used with my children for more than six years now. I have six children using CTC math and each child has found it easy to navigate and very applicable. I love seeing them enjoy this math program and grow in their mathematical journey. Thank you so much for all that you're doing and for providing quality math lessons for my children. So friends, if you're looking for a great online math program, visit ctcmath.com. That's ctcmath.com. All right, thanks for joining us again. This is Hal. And this is Melanie. And we are talking about qualification to homeschool. Are you or aren't you? Yes, you are. You are qualified, and we'll explain why. We were talking about, in the first segment, about teaching elementary school students. Uh, you know, what does it take to teach a child to read, to teach basic math, to just do those basic school skills? But, you know, a lot of folks, understandably, look ahead to the older years, and they think, High school. I struggled so much in high school. Oh, I don't know if I can remember anything that I learned in high school. How will I ever survive high school? And a lot of folks, we've, we've known a lot of folks who said, I'm going to teach my kids K through 5, K through 6, and then I'm going to find a, a Christian school or something for high school because I, they don't say this, I'm afraid of it. So what, what, would, what would you say about somebody say, how am I going to handle how am I going to handle teaching high school when I don't have a teacher certification? I don't have a degree in education. We talked about the degree in education mm-hmm. in the last segment. If you haven't yep. heard that, you need to go back and listen to it because right. I went to graduate school in education. Uh-huh. And my experiences and the experiences of many teachers I know mm-hmm. who are homeschooling is that a degree in education is not, not going to help you with homeschooling. Right. But I'd like to address more particularly, I understand you look at it and you think, I didn't understand algebra the first time around. How uh-huh. am I going to do it now? Mm-hmm. You have to remember that for most of us, by the mm-hmm. time we get to high school, we will have taught first grade, kindergarten math and first grade math and second grade math and third grade math and fourth grade math and fifth grade math and seventh, sixth grade math and all the way up through eighth grade math several times. If you didn't remember how to multiply fractions when you started, by the time your oldest gets to or to the first years of high school, you've gone through that several times. You know it now. And so you are, you will be so totally reviewed mm-hmm. before you get to algebra. You're going to be an expert in arithmetic. Okay. And you're bringing an adult's mind to it. And oh. that, that's something that's so important to remember because, you know, it takes a long time to teach a five or six-year-old how to read. Mm -hmm. And in fact, it takes them maybe maybe seven years before they're reading on an adult level. But did you know that if if someone learns to read when they're 12, Mm -hmm. it takes about a year to teach them to read on an adult level? And if somebody learns to read when they're an adult, it takes them a couple months. You know, the the story that I always thought was fascinating from history was that during the war between the states, there was a great religious revival through both armies. And there were a lot of young men 
who came to faith in Christ, who wanted to read the Bible for themselves, but they'd never, you know, they hadn't been to school, they could barely write their name, they put an X on their paychecks. And so chaplains started teaching these young men how to read when they were in camp, when they were in hospitals or whatever, and they found that they could take a completely untaught young man and teach him to read the King James Version of the Bible in three months. But, well, you know, you're well, talking why about... Why is that? Because, you're bringing in, because they're bringing in an adult's mind to it. Okay. A and, fully developed yes. mind that is able to work on an adult level. And algebra, when you're bringing uh -huh. an adult's mind to it, is a totally different thing. So the point that you're bringing is that <clears throat> mom, dad, the homeschool teacher, you've got that adult mind which you didn't have when you were 14 years old. And you are not going to be worried about whether your shoes are good enough compared to Susie's shoes. Right. Or whether Tommy has a crush on you or not. Right. You're, you know, you, you're going to be able to concentrate so much better. Besides that, mm -hmm. there's this wonderful thing called a solutions manual. Now listen, buy the solutions manual. Right. Okay, for every subject in high school, buy the solutions manual. Mm-hmm. What the solutions manual, like in math, does is it works out the problems. And let me mm -hmm. tell you how to use this, okay? Your mm -hmm. child comes to you and says, Mom, I don't understand how to do number 18. And you say, you know what? That's not that hard a problem. But let's look at the way Dr. Saxon mm -hmm. wants you to work it out. And open your solutions manual and copy out what he says. And just think it through with him. It's not that hard. Now, let's say, though, that you absolutely have a nervous breakdown over... Maybe you're a chemist and you hate literature. Or uh -huh. maybe you majored in English in English, and the idea of chemistry makes you want to vomit. There's so many resources. You can get a local tutor. Yep. I've, tutored, I've tutored people's kids. I've tutored people's kids in higher math. Okay. You can sign them up for a local class at the local co-op. Mm -hmm. you, can, you can sign them up for an online class. Lots of those. You can get a video class. Mm -hmm. You can get them an online tutor. Right. There's a ton of options. In fact, as they get older, even, you can sign them up for dual enrollment, and they can go take the class at the community college. Right. There's a lot of options to help you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be afraid. But one thing I really want to address is mm -hmm. that we have a wrong idea of high school if we've never homeschooled high school. What's that? I remember my history class in high school. Right. We all sat in desk, and the teacher sat, stood up at the front on the lectern yeah. with the history book open, and he lectured us right. for every class period. Uh -huh. I couldn't even focus. I don't, know, I don't know that I heard a word the man ever said. Uh -huh. Hated history because of him. Now, I couldn't love history as a homeschooler. Right. But here's the difference especially when you homeschool through elementary school and middle school, if you can bring them to high school having, had the, having learned the tools of learning, right? they can read well, yep. they can write well, mm -hmm. they can do math well. Mm -hmm. If they have the tools of learning and they have the love of learning, right? you didn't get bound up on, in all the worksheets, oh, no, we've got to finish this. Instead, you said, no, let's go on the field trip. If they love to learn mm -hmm. and they have good character, they, right. they want to please you, they, wanna, they, they know how to work hard, 
teaching high school is really a matter of just kind of guiding them, of saying, let's study this. You know, have you done your chapter today? You know, how much do we need to do this week? Mm-hmm. It's keeping them on track. You're not really teaching them. It's not so much drilling it into them as it is facilitating. Facilitating To it. say, hey, yeah. let me help you organize this. Let's make sure that you're getting a balanced intellectual diet. You know, here's some history. Here's a language. Here's some art. Here's uh, you know some English composition that you need. Come talk to me after yeah. you've read this chapter. Right. You know, the, the part you really want to get involved in in high school is the discussion. Yeah. Now, what do you think that meant? Why do you think that's important? Okay. Well, How now does some, that affect the world? Now, somebody is saying, okay, now you put your finger right on it. I can read one of these classic novels, and somebody explains it to me, on, and the symbolism and the allegories in there, and, and it just goes right over my head. I don't know how... Okay. okay I, this is where you get the resources to help. Okay. I want to say this. I yep. was super intimidated by that how when we were homeschooling our oldest. Right. And those of you who know me well are going to laugh because mm. I went to one of the top high schools in the entire nation. Right. I went to a boarding school for gifted and talented kids. Yeah. But I was intimidated because, you know what, we never read it. We, we didn't read many whole books. Uh-huh. And I wanted to read whole books with our kids. Right. And now I did some at NCSSM, but not uh, in previous to that. Right. But I started reading the classics with my kids and find out, found out, guess what? What? There's a reason they're classics. They're great. Yeah. They're that, really interesting. That grown-up brain processing that information differently. So what do you do? You right. grab a good, a good curriculum to help you. Like mm-hmm. um, with some of our kids, we've used Apology. It has a great mm-hmm. um, American literature curriculum. Okay. That will help bring up the right questions to ask, or if you just want, if you want to choose your own books, or you your curriculum chose the books for you, but you don't yep. know quite where do you get those analogies and all that. Cliff notes. I thought cliff notes were for cheaters. Yeah. But one of my professors told me, you know what, you should go get the cliff notes. I said, what? He said, read the book. The cliff notes are supposed to give you the background and talk about the themes and bring out the analogies and the and the allegories. It is, yeah, you're not supposed to read the Cliff Notes instead of the book. You're which supposed is to use that's it the to classic understand cheat, the book right? better. That's the classic cheat. But, but yeah, I mean, use the tool the way the tool is designed, and that's what it's there for. So, yeah, and it, again, as we've said, this is so true in high school. There are so many resources. You don't have to invent the wheel. You don't have to draw out of your own boundless well of knowledge and wisdom. You know, you look at something and say, okay, I'm really good at the math, and I can, I'm comfortable teaching the math, but I need some help drawing out the, uh, the symbolism and analogies and the foreshadowing and everything in literature. Find the get literature resource you need. Or opposite, you know, if you are adept with languages but, but completely awash in, in confusion when you look at chemistry, then get a good self-instructional chemistry program. You know, yeah, all of those kind of things. Because your child, mm-hmm. as they move through high school, is developing that adult brain too. Right. And as they grow and develop, they can read the stuff for themselves. Yeah. They can follow the directions. You can say, tell me about what you've learned. Are you struggling with any of this? Do you have any questions? But it's amazing how much they can do on their own. And now, I felt guilty about that at first, Harold. Yes. I felt like... Oh, am I not doing my job? 
Then I started. Then our kids started growing up and going to college. Mm-hmm. And I remember our first couple of children saying, "Mama, thank you so much for teaching me how to learn on my own." We said, "These kids, they go to class. They don't read the syllabus. Mm-hmm. They don't take responsibility for their own learning. They expect yep. the professor to to spoon feed them every bite of it, and they're failing." Mm-hmm. And you taught me if I was going to learn it, I needed to get busy and learn it myself. Right. And so I read the syllabus and I did what the professor said and I read the books. Mm-hmm. And it's not that hard, Mom. Well. Because they learned how to be independent learners on their own. Okay. They learned in high school. And your kids are going to be independent learners in high school too. If yep. you're starting in high school, frankly, it's harder. Because right. your kids haven't learned how to be independent learners. Right. But you can encourage them and help them to move that direction. Mm-hmm. I think that would that would probably be a good thing to do in a separate episode about just some techniques if you are starting out with a high schooler. But we are out of time for this episode, so I do just want to wrap this up. The question was, you know, how do you know if you are qualified or what, what makes you think that you're qualified to teach your homeschooler? Well, okay, we've been trying to answer that question, and we think we have. Now, if you have another question that you'd like to ask, Call our listener response line. It's at 919-295-0321. Leave us a message there, and we can see if this is something we can bring into another episode. We love it when you do that. It gives us great ideas. We do appreciate all of your feedback, and we do appreciate your time with us. And we hope that you'll join us again as we attempt to take biblical principles into everyday family life in the 21st century. So until next time, I'm Hal. And I'm Melanie. Thanks for joining us. Bye, y'all. You've been listening to Making Biblical Family Life Practical with Hal and Melanie Young. If you found this program interesting, challenging, and encouraging, why not join us on the web at halandmelanie.com. That's H-A-L-A-N-D-M-E-L-A-N-I-E.com. Or follow us on social media. You can find us on Facebook at Facebook slash Hal and Melanie or Facebook.com slash Raising Real Men. This program is a production of the Ultimate Homeschool Radio Network. Join us next week when we'll be back to talk about making biblical family life practical. Until then, thank you and God bless you for listening.